Welcome to another episode of the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast, a podcast designed to help you learn to teach the Bible, starting with the very basics. This episode is a little different than the other episodes that have been put out. You may notice there's been a little bit of a gap since the last one, and so this episode is a little bit of a life update, helps explain why there's been such a long gap, but we're also going to use this as an opportunity to talk a little bit about the relationship between your personal life and your teaching life. So even if you're not interested just in me, hopefully you'll be interested in some of the tips at the end of the episode. Let's dive in. Well, welcome back to First Time Bible Teacher. It is good to be talking at my computer again for your entertainment slash benefit slash whatever it is you think that you're getting from this show. Um, so good to be talking towards you again, not with you because it's just me, but you get how it works. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. It's been a while since the last episode. Totally understand that. Uh, the last episode came out uh, in the middle of May, so it's been almost three months in between episodes, and that is not a break that was intended. That's not something that I thought was going to happen. That's something that just kind of sprung up organically, and even I was a little surprised at how long it had been in between each individual episodes coming out, and it feels like it's long enough that it warrants some conversation about it. So that's what this episode is designed to be. It'll also kind of double as providing some background into me as a teacher a little bit, something that I don't think I've done to this point on uh, this podcast. So that'll be something that hopefully is interesting. Um, the very short version of why it's been a couple months in between episodes is because my wife and I moved and we moved a far distance. We moved specifically from New Jersey to California it is not something that we thought was happening, although we did think that a cross-country move was coming, and I guess I'll just kind of dive in and jump into that whole story. So, up until February of 2019, I was a middle school youth pastor at a church called Calvary Chapel Old Bridge. Loved it there. So many dear friends are still at that church, still working at that church, still serving there. I've been really careful to not use that church's name so far just because, and I, I still want this to be clear even now, this podcast isn't associated with Calvary Chapel Old Bridge. So if there's anything you're really mad at me about, don't blame the church on that. Just blame me. Like, be mad at me personally. Don't be mad at, at Calvary Old Bridge. I've been slow to use that name for a couple reasons. One is that Calvary Old Bridge is a pretty large church. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, I know that a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are associated with the Calvary Chapel world in, in one degree or another. So I wasn't looking to use the fact that I happened to be working at a large church to try to promote kind of a personal project. And I also didn't want to make other people responsible for per, perhaps for things that I was going to say that, I, I don't know, I, I didn't think that I was going to do anything wild or crazy or anything like that. I don't I, To this day, I don't think I've done anything like that, but I just wanted it to be on my shoulders. I wanted it to be my own thing. I didn't want to have to inconvenience other people with a project that I was working on. Um, 
but I was at that church. My, my wife and I got married while I was working at that church. We met at that church. Um, we have nothing but wonderful things to say about the, the things God is doing at Calvary Old Bridge. We're grateful for so many of the people who are there and are serving there and are doing wonderful things. All that to say, I had I worked there in a total for about seven years, and about five years into my time there, I just kind of felt like the Lord was saying, hey, get ready for something new. And I was like, Lord, what do you think that is? And he said, don't worry, I'll tell you later. And I thought that was mean. And I came home and I told my wife and I said, hey, God is giving me like half the story. Uh, we should be getting ready for something else, but I don't know what that is. She went, well, that's interesting. Sure, let's pray about it. And so we spent two years really praying and thinking and seeking out what it was we thought God had for us in that next step. We had no idea what the Lord was thinking. We had no idea what the Lord was moving us into. Long story short, through a lot of visits, through a lot of prayer, through a lot of things lining up in really interesting ways, we really believed the Lord was calling us to a church in Portland, Oregon, which you will know is different than Southern California, where I live now. Um, so yeah, the story has a twist in it. Um, we started talking with the church out there. We got pretty deep into some conversations with the church out there. Um, really thought the Lord was in it. We both left our jobs in New Jersey. We both were getting ready to make that cross-country move and head to the Northwest and be in Portland. And we really felt like God was in it. We were asking wise people around us. This wasn't just something where we were the only ones saying, we think God wants to do this. Other people seemed to support it and get behind it. And so there was a real consensus around, all right, maybe this is something that God is actually doing. So we kept taking cautious steps. And, and this isn't an episode on making wise next decisions. So I'm not going to dive too deep into that. But we, we felt like we had a lot of counsel. We had a lot of people we were talking to. This wasn't just our own idea. And we reached the point where we were ready to move. We were ready to take that next step, and literally the week before we were going to begin our cross-country drive, we found out that basically everything we thought was lined up had fallen through, to put it very, very simply. It became clear in the course of one night that that was not what God had next for us. That was not how the Lord was going to work it out. And so we were super confused. We were trying to not be frustrated at God because it, it felt like in the moment, just being totally honest, not accusing God of anything. Uh, I can see it much more clearly now. In the moment, it felt like God had lied to us for a couple years. This was something that because of how long we had been praying on it, because of how long we had been focused on it, we really had a hard time pulling back from it and saying, okay, Lord, but now what's next? I, even looking back over it, it's, it's difficult to, it was difficult to see in the moment just because God had said, hey, it's time for something new. He wasn't wrong about that. He wasn't lying when he told us that. And to some degree, we look back on it and think that God used this particular church, that particular city, to help us understand our thinking about even the idea of stepping into something new. 
And the crazy thing that happened was two days after this particular thing fell apart, after we knew that um, without some things that we thought we had lined up, we knew that moving to Portland was going to be impossible. So two days after we knew we are no longer going to Portland, I ended up seeing through a good friend of mine that a position was opening up at the Calvary Chapel Bible College. And I'm, I'm using that name cautiously as well, just because for the same reason that I was very cautious about using Calvary Chapel Old Bridge, I, I don't want to trade on that name. Um, I'm kind of spoiling the story, I guess. Um, I currently, like within a week of not knowing what was going on, and beginning the conversation with Calvary Chapel Bible College, my wife and I were driving out to join the college in Southern California. So God used the timing of it to really get us ready for something that we could have never seen coming that wasn't open when we were first praying through, all right, Lord, you're telling us something is next. What do we do? What, what is that next thing? God was so preparing our hearts to be ready for something that needed to be acted upon super quickly. It was an opening that came up pretty quickly, and it needed to be filled really quickly, and it lined up perfectly with the timing of us being ready to go. So that's how life has kind of gone. That's how things have worked out. So now my wife and I are in Southern California. We're super excited to be in the opportunity that we have. We're excited for the discipleship opportunities, the teaching opportunities, the ways that we believe we'll be able to minister together. Um, We had been praying about doing college ministry. We had been praying about discipling people together. And all of the things that we believed God was going to give to us or show us in Portland, we now believe God can show us even more clearly where we are right now. So, Two big things with that. One, I hope that encourages you. I hope that wherever you happen to be, maybe you're wondering what thing is going to come next. It's really easy to look to what comes next. It's really easy to think, but what is the next part of the plan? I'd encourage you just be faithful where you are right now. Be satisfied with, all right, Lord, when you want to move something along, you know how to do it super quickly. You know how to do it really dramatically. You don't need a slow buildup for things to happen. Sometimes you build something up slowly and then you change it really, really quickly. God is not shocked at where you are right now. He's not lying to you about where you're supposed to be. He does things in his ways and in his timing and it's very difficult to say trust that timing when you're going through it. Now being able to look back on it, we just say, wow, God, you are so incredibly faithful to us. So I hope that encourages you and just reminds you God is faithful. God has things in the works that you cannot see happening. And that's not a profound point in the sense of it's something you hadn't heard before. You may have taught that point before, but it never hurts to be reminded of that point. So I hope that you remember God is faithful. He hasn't forgotten what's going on in your life. He's going to keep being faithful. And perhaps he's going to be faithful, not perhaps, he's going to be faithful in ways that are above and beyond what you could expect from him. So be ready for that. Be encouraged by that. The second thing 
I kind of want to use this for. And this transitions us to the second half, hopefully half. Yeah, we're like 12 minutes in. Hopefully it'll be less than half of the episode. The thing that I really want to talk about in this segment is the way that your teaching is affected by things that are going on personally. Two years of prayer, two years of thinking about something else, that really works on you. That really affects you. That is heart and energy and emotion and thought and all sorts of different things that when you're that invested in something in your personal life that can't make its way into your teaching life, it can be really confusing. It can feel like it's splitting you in half and it can make the idea of being faithful where you are a really, really difficult idea. And it's important to set up certain things in your life so that as things are happening in your personal life, you're able to not let them destroy a teaching on a certain night. So it may not be something as grand as this. It may not be something where you're praying about a new direction and you don't even know where you're going to live in six months or something like that. It's, it may not be something that big. However, I'm sure that if you talk to people that you know who teach the Bible, they will talk about how whenever they're going to teach the Bible, that is the time where they get in arguments with their wife. That is the time where their friends and different relationships go crazy. That's the time when things seem to be blowing up in the church and just things are crazy and things aren't right and things that you thought you could trust, uh, you actually can't trust. This is when printers decide that they're not going to be your friend. Like Printers can definitely smell fear. And so when you're afraid about how a teaching is going to go or just any important document that you need, you know that that's when your printer is going to have problems. All sorts of different things are going to come up when it is time for you to teach. So for me, in my specific instance, I was teaching mainly on Wednesday nights. Those were the big teaching nights that we were doing. That was our biggest youth group gathering. And I could just kind of bank on the fact that like Wednesday afternoon wasn't going to go smooth. Something was going to come up. Something was going to become a problem. My wife and I were going to feel like we weren't on the same page. I was going to feel like some friend or leader wasn't doing something the way that I had asked them to. Some tension was on its way. And if you don't see it coming, it's a lot harder to face. So in the beginning, that tension that came would really rattle me. It would make it, it would be really, really tough to kind of push through something like that. Like it would really mess with me. If you can see it coming, it's a lot easier to deal with. It's a lot easier to sort out and work through. So the first thing I'd recommend is when it comes to your personal life affecting your teaching life, know that things are going to come up. You know, get ready for it, call it out. You know, you may even be able to reach the point with friends where if something crazy comes your way the day that you're supposed to teach, you can just look at it and be like, oh, this is something that's supposed to throw me off my teaching game. Okay, I see it for what it is. Now I can deal with it appropriately. So remember those things are gonna come. They're going to mess with you. It seemed like all the biggest updates about whether or not my wife and I were moving always seemed to happen like Wednesday at five o'clock. They would just always come 
just a couple hours before I needed to be ready to teach. So see those things coming. Remember that they are on their way. The second thing you could do is then make some good agreements about how you're going to handle those things. So there was a, it wasn't like a written down rule or anything like that, but there were a bunch of people on our church's staff that knew um, our lead pastor would teach a Saturday night service and then two Sunday morning services. And a lot of us kind of worked under the principle of Saturday night is not the time to bring up important stuff with him. Just let that wait till Monday. It can totally wait. It'll be fine. There'll be some times where he would take certain meetings after a Saturday night teaching or something like that. But if I had something I just needed to talk about with him, I just needed some feedback, I just needed to voice something, we wouldn't do that on Saturday nights. Because over the course of the weekend, Saturday into Sunday, that's when he needs to be ready to teach. And you know if you do teach that there's so much mental weight and stress that can come on you when you're teaching, particularly over the course of a weekend or something like that, make the agreement that you're going to push that back into an easier time. You know, that doesn't mean you get out of things forever. So there would be things that would come up between my wife and I or whatever, some conversation that didn't go well, some tension that came into the relationship. And it was two hours before I was going to teach on a Wednesday. We would kind of have the agreement that that conversation would pick up again after youth group. We would talk about that once we got home. It's not that I was escaping the conversation. You can't use the fact that you're about to be teaching to avoid actually talking through the things you need to talk through. But you can ask for some kind of realistic request of, hey, if we are talking about something big and weighty and emotional or, you know, some really important decision... I'm not going to be all there for you in that conversation if it's a few hours before I'm teaching and it's going to turn into me not being all there for the people that I need to teach. So can we just agree that if anything is going to come up within six hours of me teaching, we're going to agree we're not going to discuss it. We're not going to bring it up until after the teaching happens. So that way you can be focused and you can give yourself completely to it. The last thing I would say is this, you're not the broken one if this is happening to you, and you need to remember teaching is not all about you. You may feel like something is wrong with you if you're the one who's going up and you're teaching and something from your personal life is really weighing on you. There's an old Jerry Seinfeld quote where he said, if I only went up and performed when I was in a good mood, I would have done four shows by now. If you only went up and taught the Bible when everything was going perfectly in your life, you would very rarely teach the Bible. And part of what we're meant to be as Bible teachers is people who model and demonstrate what it's like to follow God faithfully in all seasons of life. So yes, you will get thrown at times. You will go up to teach the Bible in moments where you don't really feel, with everything going on in your personal life, like you're ready to handle it. There's just some weight, there's some burden, there's something that's nagging on the back of your mind. That doesn't mean you're not ready to teach. It means you have a chance to rely on God. You know, there were times where I went up to teach during that two-year stretch where I was very distracted. 
I was really focused on other things going on. I was really focused on whether or not we were moving to another coast. And I couldn't bring it up. And I didn't want to burden other people with it. And I went up distracted. And those were some of the moments where I could most clearly sense, oh, Lord, it's not me teaching right now. You're the one who's guiding this message. And the more of those moments you have, the more confident, the more faithful, the more spirit-led you'll become as a Bible teacher. So don't shy away from those moments. Yes, your personal life can be moving in all sorts of different directions. You may not know what state you're going to be living in, what job you're going to be working, what church you'll be serving at. Any of those things could be up in the air. But as long as you've got God behind you, he can get you through any teaching that comes up. So don't let these things distract you. Don't let them worry you. Don't let them destroy you. Instead, let them help focus you on the God who wants to teach through you anyway. Thank you so much for listening to this comeback episode of First Time Bible Teacher. I guess this is technically the start of season three, although I don't know if the season structure is helpful for you or for me or for anybody. So we're back to weekly episodes. That's all that I can say. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. Please review it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Any of those things help. This podcast is part of the Good Lion Podcast Network, so you can get tons of more content like this at goodlion.io. Another show that I'm on where we're doing weekly episodes is the Good Lion Podcast. Tons of cool stuff we're doing on that podcast with my good buddy, Aaron Salvato. Uh, So there's plenty of content you can get through Good Lion. And again, we're back to weekly episodes. Next episode, we're going to be talking about handling in-the-moment teaching requests and how you can make sure you're ready for things like that. May God bless you in your teaching. See you next time.